So Tristan, it's Tuesday. Normally we would release these on a Friday, but there's a hell of a lot that's gone on in the last 10 days in the UK property market. So this is almost an emergency podcast episode for property investors, landlords, homeowners, buyers, tenants, anyone that wants to listen relating to property. Because in the last week or so, we've had basically turmoil in the UK property market. Banks have pulled rates. Interest rates have gone up. Rumours of a base rate. The pound plummeted for a while. If you watch the news over the last kind of seven, eight, nine days, it would horrify you if you owned a property. But what we want to do in this episode is just chat through it and just maybe take away some of the negative clickbait news that's out there and put a little bit more logic behind what's going on. We're not going to pump the market up and say the world is, you know, daisy chains and unicorns because it isn't. There are some problems out there. But let's talk through them logically and let's not get carried away like the BBC and Sky News have done in, in recent days. So that's the plan of action. First of all, how are you and how you've been coping with all of the calls that have been coming in? I'm good, thank you. And um, a lot's happened since I've been away. I was only away a couple of days and yeah. uh, Look all what of happened. this has happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the phone was ringing off the hook when I was away. But um, I mean, there's always positives with the negatives and the way the press is there is if they fed all good feeds no one would watch it so they have this to spread the news yeah this is true and i think what we have to do is we just have to analyze on some of the data that's been manipulated but i mean if let's just bring it straight into if there is a uk property market crash you know let's let's describe a crash as anything more significant than a 10 percent price fall you know across a national average if we saw that in 2023 um and we saw prices drop 15, 20%. What do, we won't go into what that means for the residential sales market, but what do you think that means for the rental market? So, I mean, the first thing to point out with that, if it was to crash is, it's only gonna affect those that want to sell their property there and then, in my opinion, because everyone that invests in property that we recommend is looking on a long-term game. So what happens tomorrow does not affect your plan of action in 10 years' time. Mm -hmm. It's always going to come back to original levels, if not higher, based upon looking at the last 30, 40 years. Yeah. Price was always been back. But the rental market's strong. I think there may be more rental properties coming to the market, but we need it. There's substantially less properties available to tenants out there, which has caused rental prices to go extremely high. But you can't get high rents all the time, unfortunately. There's some landlords that's got some very, very good wins out there mm. and prices that we would never have thought would ever achieve on some of them. Mm. So, I mean, I think there's only positives to come from that with more properties coming to market, which is needed. Demand is still there. People need somewhere to rent. Um, but I don't think I have any much impact or, or negative impact on that. Yes, it would be tough. It will be tough. Nothing's easy. But... Um, if you go back to our podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, where we had uh, Action Coach on, mm. he said it, his words were, we're the first in a recession, but we're also the first out. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a fair comment from Peter, that that's one of the beauties about being in this area. I think there'll probably be opportunities for property investors as well. I know a lot of the people we speak to as a property investor, they often get frustrated when the market is growing at the rate it's growing. It's great if you can secure assets, but sometimes it prices you out of the market. And if we did see, and we don't know, but if we did see a five or a 10% drop in, in the market next year, it does give property investors an opportunity to strike because it, it's not like that's going to happen for 10 years. It's going to drop 
for 12 or 18 months if it does, and then it's going to bounce back with a vengeance nine times out of 10. And that might mean that if someone was buying a property at 250 as an investment, since the stamp duty uh, change, because it's not a holiday, it's a change, that first 1% tax that they would have paid up to 250 is now saved. So they're instantly two and a half grand up and still got to pay the 3% that's obviously in there. So that's good news for property investors because they, if they were buying at 250, they're going to save 25% of the costs that they were looking to spend. Definitely. Um, the, the reason why I think we won't see the drastic um, problems and whether that's recession, house price crash, whatever negative terminology the news is using. But one of the reasons why I don't think we'll see it as aggressive as they're saying, if there is a recession, I believe there'll be a mild recession, you know, in, in, in at some point next year. But I think the energy support package that was announced was timed fantastically well. And I think that's going to come in time to save a lot of people. I think that will help a lot of people. And I think tax cuts of any type always have a little bit of a boost. And when you add those two together, I think once we've sorted all the rigmarole and the ripples of the mini budget term all out, then there's going to be some positivity. And one thing, you know, as we look at things in the last week, where the press have basically jumped on the fact that the pound has dropped, well, actually, the pound as it sits today is back up to where it was eight days ago. And that was before the press had started. So, um, that would bring back a version of normal on the pound, which started this whole eruption of media chaos. So when we look at all of those things, that's why I don't think there'll be this drastic recession that people are talking about. And I don't think there'll be the house price crash that people are talking about. I was talking to some estate agents last night on our Facebook Live, actually, on the Avocado Facebook page, if anyone wants to check those out. And we were actually saying that we think in summer, there was such a shortage of sales stock that estate agents have done the classic, go out there, overvalue properties, tie people into long contracts. And there was almost a bubble of fake pricing. So if anyone's had a property valued between probably March and August in 2022, they probably had a property overvalued. So if you looked at land registry data, prices probably haven't climbed as drastically as it looked like they did in the summer. I think if anything, prices started to get back to normal one, two, three, four percent growth on average across a 12 month window, probably around April this year, actually. And that means that we probably won't see those overvaluing happen. So prices on the face of it will look lower, but on the land registry face of it, they probably won't change that much at all, in my view. I think the overpricing has always been an issue in the industry, and it's something that, that does need to be spoken about a bit more, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think from a lettings point of view, it's been slightly different recently because people have been paying so silly prices uh, above market value, people are just chancing their luck and trying to capitalize on the opportunity. I'm not mm -hmm. saying everyone, because it's not not everyone, um, but there are some people in particular, if you go through right move, you can see exactly who they are. But from the sales side, it's, it's I've always seen it on their prices coming on, but we've been in times like that and people are getting desperate and that that's unfortunately that's, given a bad name to agents in, in some yeah. respect. But yeah. there's always going to be opportunity out there. And like I said, that's that's the key thing from this is if anything does happen, there will be some great opportunities. I think it's why property investors in particular get really frustrated with estate agents. And if anything, they try and do sourcing without estate agents. But, you know, we don't take offense to that because we do things very differently ourselves. But I, I totally understand and appreciate why. And 
from a property investing point of view, or from a buy to let perspective, when you actually look at the mortgage rates, the buy to let mortgage rates still as it sits today, if you look at the sort of hands down best deals on the market, they're still like a percent or a percent and a half better than the residential rates. So there is a great opportunity for people to buy properties as a buy to let. If you're a first time buyer, that's exactly what I'd be doing. I'd be buying a buy to let because, you know, if cost of living is a problem in 2023, but you can get a good deal on a good property that you would live in in two years time, buy it as a buy to let, stay at home or where you are for the next kind of two years, get a, a fairly decent interest rate in the perspective, you know, three and a half, 3.75, 3.8% and rent it out. Put a tenant in there at a high price, make some money, save some more money. And I would imagine over 24 months, that house price will have grown. You know, I, I think that's what will happen in that fixed term mortgage. The house price will have gone up over that period of time, yeah. maybe only marginally by two to 4%. But I still think that's what we'll see in the increase uh, and increase, increases and increase. And monthly, you're making cash as well. You know, that's that's the beauty of it. So that's that's what I think is one of the things to bear in mind. The other thing to bear in mind with the whole recession chat is in August, um, off the back of a, a former budget, lending rules got loose, loosened. So the stress testing for normal residential mortgages got loosened. So people can still get the money if they want to get the money. It's just whether they can afford the monthly money. And normality returned in the UK and has done for the last few months with about 100,000 completions a month happening in the UK. That's normal. That might drop to 90 or 85 throughout next year, um, but that's not going to impact things that drastically. It just means there'll be a little bit less moving going on. And the banks in 2007 and 2008, when I worked in that recession and that market crash, they didn't have the capacity to lend. Well, actually, the reason why the banks pulled a lot of the mortgage rates in the last week was because they had the capacity to lend. They do have the capacity to lend. They just didn't know where to price things. So as a result, because of the swap rates within the internal bank lending, they had no idea where that swap rate was going to actually come in. And there was rumors that it was going to see a 2% base rate, base rate hike, which would have meant those swap rates could have been 2% more expensive to the banks. And just to explain that, that anyone doesn't know, swap rates is effectively the money that sits within a pool with the banks where they lend money to each other. So if you wanted to take out a mortgage through HSBC as an example, HSBC go to the swap rates, they borrow the 200 grand mortgage that you want in, in, in layman's terms, this is at say three and a half percent. They will then offer you a deal at four percent. So they're making half percent profit. Now, if they lent you the deal at four percent, and next week, before they got the product through, swap rates went up to five and a half percent. They're losing money on that product they've offered you, which is why banks pulled mortgage offers and why banks pulled all the rates. And when we looked across the market in the middle of last week, there was a, uh, just under 4,000 products a week prior. There was 125 that afternoon wow. when we looked. That's how many rates were pulled. But Thursday last week, a lot of announcements went to all of the mortgage advisors and a lot of the high street banks and the building societies basically sent alerts to say, as of Friday morning, we're coming back in with all of these fixed rates. Yes, they were increased, but they came back in and put their peg in the sand. So they had confidence. That's justified to why that's happened and why it's gone to those rates. But the press don't share that information. They press banks pulling from the market, puts mm. a negative um, appearance out there to those that are reading it and people do. Yeah. And it's just scaremongering. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the pound on the Monday fell 
last week and the press jumped all over it. They went bananas. I think it was the lowest rate it had been for 20 odd years, something like that. Um, I think it went down to 1.08 to the dollar. Well, as of Friday last week, it was back up to where it was the prior Friday when there wasn't any press, you know, running crazy about it. But you don't see a single bit of media coverage about that. No. It's, it's just come back to normal. Um, I think the other thing to remember is there's been a lot of money pumped into the economy. And actually, if you look at inflation versus UK wages, wages is still outstripping inflation. People are actually earning more money at a higher rate than what inflation is. And spending money. And spending money and employment levels are phenomenal. And we can actually afford, I was talking to a, uh, uh, an economic behavior analyst and what he highlighted to me is we could afford to lose 1 million jobs in the UK being made redundant or losing their jobs in whatever fashion and still be in how terminology looks from an economic standpoint, full in employment levels. So that's how good employment levels are. So people are earning more money. Employment levels are good. Um, wages are climbing faster than um, inflation. Uh, all in August, lending regulations were loosened. Banks have the capacity to lend. Unfortunately, it just means interest rates are much, much higher. And banks are actually offering pretty good deals, again, on a 12 or 15 year perspective on five year fixed. So they're, going, they're basically saying we're a bit nervous still about two years. But five years, we're good to give you some good products. You know, that's the confidence they have. But let's be honest, though, the, the rates that are being offered by the banks currently, although they've gone up, we've had it so low for many years yeah. now. Yeah. It's normal rates. Mm -hmm. It's just we haven't seen it so so in the last six, seven, maybe eight years. Yeah, We haven't seen it. And people that are buying today for the first time would not have known any different. Yeah. Um, so I think we, we've, we've taken advantage of low rates. And I think now it's time we stick to what? Obviously, we, we take it as it is today, but it's normal now. It's, it is normal. And I think business owners, we, we talk a lot on this podcast that business owners, small, medium-sized business owners, um, uh, uh, seem to be the people that are coming into the market in investing. Yeah. And, you know, in the mini budget, one thing that was highlighted is corporation tax isn't going to go to 25%. It's going to stay at 19 So 6% worth of extra income that those businesses have got now that potentially they might use to invest. And I think if people have got money sat in their banks as businesses, well, they don't want to leave it in there because of inflation levels. Even if inflation comes down to 6 or 7% next year, they might as well spend that and make money out of that investment rather than leaving it in the bank and it's effectively doing nothing. And so it's tax efficient from what we had from the last account, Darren, uh, last uh, last year, I believe. It's yeah. one of our first podcasts. Yeah. And at the time, he said it was tax efficient to do an intercompany loan as it stands today. Yeah. That may change in the future, but for, for the purpose of what you've just mentioned there, mm -hmm. perfect opportunity, which is why we're seeing more of them. I think any any shrewd business strategist or anyone that's looking to you know almost future-proof their own assets, property is still a place where you can invest money, make money, and use it from a tax efficient standpoint. So, you know, I would be saying to people at the moment, if you feel uncomfortable about going in on 100K, 150K in deposits and fees into a particular unit, I would be looking around family, friends and close circles and doing a lot of joint ventures with people. I really think there's an opportunity for property investors and buy to let um, people that want to get onto the ladder or want to grow their portfolios next year to JV with people. JV with, you know, someone in the trades. If you've got the cash and you can get the mortgage and you want a tradie to get involved, who's also got cash, maybe they can't get the strong mortgage that you can get. But, 
you can come together and you can get the finance, you can put cash in together, they can do work and manage the maintenance of it. JV with it's that win -win. Yeah, it's a win-win for everyone. And it also means you're not putting all of your cash into it. So that's where I think people can capitalize because one thing that we have seen is the sales market has gone from a seller's market to more of a buyer's market. So if you are an investor, you've got an opportunity to use that. Sellers can still make it a seller's market by pricing their house correctly. If they price their house correctly, as we found out last week, we'll still get you three, four offers per property because there is still not a lot of property available to buy. Just throwing it back to you on the joint venture thing uh, that you mentioned, what advice can you give to someone that is looking to do that, that's maybe being partnered up with, like you said, a tradie that maybe they don't know on a, a very personal level, but they know him through a friend or whatnot. Mm -hmm. How can you know or how can you come to a good business relationship with them if obviously you're not on that close level? What recommendation or advice can you give? Yeah, I think you, you meet up prior you set up the goal is is the goal to refurb refinance and rent is the goal to refurb refinance move it on uh, is it long term short term you know what are you planning to keep that property for is it a decade is it two um, are one of you looking to buy the other one out after five years what is your goal behind it are you looking to expand your portfolio is this a one-off pension you have to align your goals as individuals in terms of security you can set up a deed of trust with a solicitor prior to purchasing so, you know, you both have a deed of trust that you both put X amount of equity in and you both get X amount of equity out or you get your deposits out at X level and then you split the equity 50-50. So you can you can go into that level with a deed of trust via the solicitor and make sure everyone feels comfortable. But the main thing is just making sure your goals are aligned, because if one of you wants to pull the money out in three years and one of you is looking at a pension plan for 25 years, it's, not gonna work. it's the wrong relationship to joint venture with. So, yeah, that's what I would say on that basis. And if people are looking to JV and they don't have someone to JV with, I'll probably speak to us because we've got loads of people that would probably JV and we might even JV with you. So if you need a bit of help sourcing, but you've got the funds, you know, there might be a case that we know someone because we've got a huge circle of contractors in maintenance. You've got a huge circle of investors, you know, people that want to put finance in, angel investors that just want to sit back, put their cash in. So there's an opportunity for people to speak to us definitely on that basis. But I think it's good that we've done this podcast on Tuesday and we'll still do another one on Friday. So if people are listening to this, what I would say is share it with anyone you know that's not sure what's going on with the market, that's watching the news and has sort of been hiding themselves under pillows. Don't worry about that. This is the facts and figures of it. We're not going to blow smoke and say it's amazing out there because it's not. Rates are high. Cost of living is high. Inflation is high. There's a war in Ukraine. The whole government scenario is in total turmoil. We don't know if the budget in November is going to be brought forward or not. We hope it will be. but. The pound is back to where it was before the problems. Rates are back in. Lenders are lending money. People want to buy. Employment levels are phenomenally high. And the banks have got a capacity to lend money. It just is going to cost people a little bit more than what it would have done at the start of the year. So there are opportunities out there. Shrewd people say a market makes a market. you just got to decide what market you're looking to capitalize on, really. So we'll see everyone again on, on Friday. I'm flicking through YouTube and through Spotify. I don't think there's a podcast or a video channel on YouTube 
that landlords can land on where they're not being sold something. I mean, it'd be the first time any estate agent's ever asked that question, but why not ask that question to a wider audience? They agents have the knowledge there, but they don't seem to share it. You can do different episodes based around someone that wants an exit plan or someone that's just starting their portfolio. The rules change every year, yeah. but why not just open the floor out and just say, well, is property even the best investment out there? And tax advice is a big thing, especially with everything that's changed, capital yeah. gains tax and obviously a stamp duty costs that you need to pay and whatnot. People don't realise what they need to prepare for. We build a podcast and we build a YouTube channel, somewhere that landlords can go and they feel they're not being sold to, but they're just getting quality advice.